Okay, so we're doing another week of just different stuff. And next week, well, not ne next week is communion. So we will not have a lesson up here. And then the following week, we will start, I think we will start a new series. So have you ever heard that God has a plan for you? Have you had, heard people say that? Every day, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Some people hear a lot more, apparently. Um, have you, what do you think that's supposed to mean? Whatever, just... It's supposed to mean stop worrying about... Don't worry so much about, like, minor, like, everything. Like, just don't worry about stuff as much, I guess. Okay. Anybody else? What do you think that means? What does it mean to you when you hear it? You Okay. So, um, have have you thought then of what it's supposed to mean? What do you think the Bible means when it says that? What do you think, Natalia? Um, I think that it means you're not supposed to, like, you're not supposed to do what, like, necessarily you want to do. You should talk to God and ask him what he wants you to do. Okay, that's good. Um, have you ever heard this thing? Life is like a journey. Or life is a journey. No, getting some no's, some blank stares, some emphatic yeses. Okay, lots of people all over the world will say that, right? That life is like a journey, that different religions will say that too. Um, and really that comes from a Christian idea that's been used throughout the Bible and in Christian writings. Famously, who we've studied before, whose life was literally a journey about following God and what God said to do. Sort of, he did travel around, but somebody who it was a literal journey for him. He was old when he started. Yes, Abraham, right? He, the first example of it, um, and then another famous one that might come to mind is a metaphorical one. Do you, do you guys know what metaphorical means? How about you guys? What's it mean? Um, like a metaphor. It means like. <laughs> If somebody says something, like, 
something else, but it's not saying it directly. What was that, Nacelle? Um, not really. You guys are close. It's it's something that is representative of something else, right? So let's think of a parable in the Bible, right? Was there actually a woman who lost her pennies in the house? I mean, maybe there was, right? There probably was. But Jesus wasn't talking about, I don't know, Mary who lost her pennies, right? So that's a a made-up story, but that has another meaning to it, right? So you guys, I think, are all familiar with Pilgrim's Progress. What's the whole idea of that story? It represents like the Christian journey. Yeah, it's about a journey to heaven, right? That's the whole point and everything that happens along the way. So this is a common theme, a metaphor that's used. Now, so we're going to use our own. Let's say that you are going to go on a trip. Some of you just went on a trip. But this trip, you are going to go in a car. What's the first thing that you might want to know for this trip? How much gas the car has. Okay, that might be good. Where you're going. Okay, where you're going. Oh. What else about where you're going? How far away it is. Okay. What do you usually need to get where you're going? A GPS. Okay, today a GPS, okay. right? A map is a little bit more old schooly, right? Here with antenna because you want some good tunes on the trip, right? <laughs> it, it is. That's what I was going for. Something like that, right? A off-road vehicle. So, um, <clears throat> let's say on this trip you're going across the USA. You would want a map of the entire country. The USA, right? Yes. You you don't want a map of Canada, no good, or even of just Ohio. It'll only work in Ohio. Um, so now suppose that you're told that you can't have a map. You're not, or you can have a map, but you're not allowed to know what route you're going to take. There is a specific route, but you're not allowed to know what it is. Okay, and you'll have to find it as you go, go, but you're told how to equip yourself for that specific route. All right, and you're told that refuel points on this trip are going to be every 500 miles. That's how far apart they are or more. And you may need to go off-road and you might have to ford a stream at some point. So you can begin to get an idea in your mind of what this trip is going to be like and what you're going to need. What are some things that popped in your mind that you will need? <laughs> Towels. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Boots. Proper. Well, you're you're you have a vehicle, right? Proper clothing. Yeah, but is it gas. What kind of gas? Well, what? Diesel. <laughs> okay, that's good to think about, right? What do you know? Every five hundred miles. 
Okay, and what do you know about a car, those of you who are driving, or maybe who have looked at the high-tech, this many miles to empty? Well, it's... What's it usually start at when you fill up? What do you mean, like how many gallons? Like, well, or how many gallons or how many miles can you go in your car until it's it hits empty? <laughs> right. They're usually like around like 240, maybe 300. So what are you going to need to bring with you? Gas. Gas can. Right. Yes. You probably need... Ooh. Yeah, you got to put the tire up it's cheap. A gas can. Well, they also, they have both sometimes. We're going to put our tire on top. Right. Oh. Food, yeah. that's good, right? Because gas stations, if they're 500 miles apart, maybe they don't all have... Awesome gas station hot dogs. You have to prepare <laughs> for the climate that you're going to be driving in. Yeah. Okay. Windshield wiper fluid. Windshield wiper fluid. Okay. A tire pump. That's a good idea. Patches for your because you were told off road might be part of some of it. What else might you need for your vehicle? Okay, when they're you're going, going bumpy. You're going yes. Well, you could cross a stream. So how about this? Do you guys know about vehicle snorkels? What? Have you ever heard of that? No. No. You guys know what a, a snorkel is, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a, a snorkel for your vehicle that hooks on to your intake where you take the air in. So then, because otherwise, if you drive through the stream <laughs> at this level, what's going to happen to your engine? It's just going to suck in the water. Yeah, you can only go so far before you're toast. So this allows you to go in deeper water. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's like chitty chitty bang. It is kind of like chitty chitty bang bang. You were not told you had to fly anywhere, though. <laughs> Maybe like some toe chains in case somebody's got to pull you out somewhere. Good, all right. So you guys are getting the picture that you, that you want to prepare yourself for this journey. Now, um, if you didn't listen to the instructions and what they told you about what you might expect along the way, what might you choose instead if you were about enjoying it and the entertainment and pleasure value of a cross-country trip in a okay. vehicle. Camera. You would maybe drive like a motorcycle or like a convertible. Yeah, I, I wrote down a Corvette. Maybe you take a Corvette across country. And lots of or maybe a limo. You don't even have to drive then. Someone else will drive you across. But the first even like low curb that you came to in your Corvette, you would get stuck on <laughs> and be in trouble, right? So you have to have the right things to do. Now, if you did make that decision for this trip and you took some real low with only like one inch clearance vehicle, what might somebody call you? Dumb, okay. Stubborn, that's good. Lazy, 
because you didn't put the effort in. What'd you say, Audrey? Unprepared. Unprepared. Ignorance good. What would the Bible use for that term? Foolish. That's good. So we have... This was our metaphor, and here's a meaning to it. When God made us, and I mean like the human race, when he made us, what was the model for us? Himself, right? What does it say specifically in the Bible? In his own image, or their own image, right? He said, after our image. Now... He gives us, he gave us not just random stuff, right? He gave us um, a specific mind. He gave us emotions. He put a certain framework into the laws of the universe that are made for us to exist in it. It's kind of like, um, you know, if you play a video game, and it's like a first person or even a third person video game. Do you guys know what I mean by that? First person is where it's like you're, you're seeing it. Third person is you see your body yeah. walking around in it. If you're in those, your character that you embody in that was made to operate within that code that was written for the game. And the game's code was written for that character to do things in that way. And sort of, in a way, that's how our world is, that God wrote each thing, the universe, and us for each other. He did that on purpose. Now, <clears throat> then what he did, instead of explaining to us, to humanity, every detail of how everything works, Why would that, well, let's start off. Why would that be maybe not the best way to do it? What? Oh, okay, because you know everything already? Yeah, and it wouldn't, you wouldn't be working for anything. Like, you know? You wouldn't learn the value. So that's interesting. I didn't think about it this way, but... What do we call the other characters in the game that aren't um, human players? Yeah. And what do they, they know everything that they're supposed to do, everything about the game, and what's, but what's wrong with that? Why do we, because we really don't like to, in, to play with those characters, right? You'd rather play with real people. Why don't you want to play with an NPC? 
on your team or Okay, so that's one thing. Sometimes they're impossible to beat. Or sometimes right. they're make, you can't coordinate with an NPC. You can't. Like sometimes you're, like, like, if you're playing with like, your group of friends, you can all be like, okay, you go this way and you go this way, and we'll do this. NPCs just go. Yeah, they so <laughs> what What don't they have that you have? Brains. Um, yeah. Okay, close. Free will, free will right? They are bound to what they can do. Um, so... Instead, what God did is he wisely, I guess wisely in the sense of what he, he was trying to accomplish with us, was he gave us some very simple to understand. Not that they're basic or boring, but they're very simple to understand instructions, but they are very hard to do. And these instructions help us in our journey. Now, you have probably heard of these instructions before. Um, and most people, though, are walking farther and farther away from these instructions. Uh, I didn't look this up, I was going to, but it happened probably about 40 or 50 years ago when they started to abandon these instructions started with schools, then it um, moved to public buildings where they removed them, and then they started to remove them from, not all of them, but from courthouses and things of that nature. Anybody? Does that give anybody a clue? Okay, it is in the Bible. <laughs> They're very simple instructions. The Ten Commandments, yes. Okay. Anybody ever see them in the school? Nope. I see them in the school house. I didn't either, so, but they used to be. What'd you say? I saw them in the schoolhouse. Okay, this schoolhouse has them, good. So you've seen them though at church, right? Have you ever been to a courthouse before? Courthouse? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think it, that was the, that was the, that was crazy. I got a, it's like the whole, like, historical thing. So they wouldn't have a Gotcha. Really high security there. Yeah. yeah well, that's good. Been. So, do we, let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. This is the first place that they are recorded in the Bible. Now, we won't get into, well, what did they do before the Ten Commandments? Because that's a whole nother... Well, they killed people afterwards, too, so... Well, just briefly, that all the Ten Commandments, you, you, your conscience kind of tells you that they're wrong if you were to do them. Just on its own. God built that in. But he made sure to, that there was no question about it. So let's go ahead and we're going to read through them. It's Exodus chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 2 and we're going to go to verse 17. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of 
Some of those words are ones where do you think you might have a hard time explaining to someone what it is um, who said, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, some of them are a little bit difficult, right? Now, let's, we're just going to go through them. We're not going to get, I don't want to get crazy in-depth on each one. I did think about maybe we'd go pick a story from the Bible for each one, um, but Instead, I want to look at really what they mean down at the root of them more than some of them are very simple, right? Like, don't murder somebody. It says don't kill, but what, really what it means is don't murder. God's not telling you don't go kill a chicken to eat it. That's not what he means. He means don't murder someone, right? Um, so let's start with the first three, because these are usually ones that we gloss over, and we say, oh, yep, that's real easy for us. We're Christians. We don't have, uh, we don't just say God's name without respect. We don't have other gods. We don't have idols. Those are easy for us. 
Um, but God spends a lot of time on those, doesn't he? There's quite a few verses. Those and uh, number four take up most of the verses, don't they? There's like a bunch of extra verses for them. At least for me when I first... Because in Sunday school, when you're kids, you don't really read. Like think of like four through like eight. You guys don't really read it. They're just in a list there. So when you go and look it up, you're looking for like a list of like real short, like boop, 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 and it's not. There's, there's more to it than that. Um, the first three are really about not rebelling against God. On the surface, he's picking out some things that are very easy, especially for them, because they had lots of other uh, nations around them that did have actual other gods. We still have some of that today, right? We have the Muslims that, although they say Allah is just is their word for God, and they say it's the same God as the Jews and us, the Christians. It's really very a different God. Um, you have Buddhists, right? That they worship the like spirit of the universe and you have Hindus that have thousands and thousands of gods that they can't even tell you all of them because there are so many so there are people out there today but in our culture it's a little bit different so for very simply there are no other gods I am the God that created you and don't make any pictures of me why not make a picture of God or a statue of God? Because that material thing, you could like worship it, but you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not supposed to worship like an object. Do you think we'd really do that, Abby? Like, do, if, do you think you, we'd really start to worship the. The paintings that we have that we switch out. No, because we don't pray at the paintings as if they were God. Some people do. Okay. Or a statue. We don't like. Okay. Right. We are very um, nostalgic beings. Do you know what nostalgia means? We like to think that. Yeah, reflect. Yes. Do you, have you ever, maybe not all of you have yet, but have you ever gone back to something that you thought was the best thing in the world as a kid? Like when you were really little and you go back and you look at it and you're like, oh, that's not as big as I thought it was. But in my mind, I worked it up into this amazing thing. And we can do that even when you hear stories about your grandparents or your parents' story. They tell you about something, and then they take you to see it, and it's not what you... You thought it was going to be grander and bigger and better. But we do that so with, 
where it can cross generations like that, and that's what Audrey's telling is talking about, and that is a, a excellent point because the Israelites did that very thing with things, because what they do right after this is they make a golden calf, right? And now that was destroyed. Moses destroyed it, ground it into powder, and he made them drink it and put it in water and made them drink the powder. And but do you know? that then 500 years later another king in Israel made two golden calves and said you can go here instead of to Jerusalem because that's just too far away so even just that one time they made it and even though Moses like had the priests kill a bunch of people that were worshipping it and he, they ground it up into a powder and made them drink it that they still later on somebody was like that was a good idea when we did that we're going to redo that again so God understands how we are with those things okay um, before we move on to number four what about idols so we talked about like even if we were to make because um, it says no graven images. So we talked about if you made an image of the real God, right? Or what you thought would represent him or whatever. What about idols like of false gods? Why does that matter today? Because it could mean... For any, you in Orleans County. Well, it could mean anything that you decide is more important than like God pretty much or like worshiping God or praying or something like that. Like something that you prioritize higher than than that. Yes. No, not, it could not necessarily be you being like like being like this is like I'm gonna worship this, but it's like just how your priorities are set. Okay, yeah. explain that a little more. I know you can. Because you're spot on already. I like, want you to help everyone else. Like, I don't know. I know what she's like. For example, if someone decided to, instead of go to church every Sunday, you know, sleep in and play video games every Sunday morning with a friend instead of Yes. Okay. Good. So you, I wondered if you were going to go there with that. So this reminds me of just in my life, in our family's life, where we've had to make decisions, where we have had family members, where we would, we love to do things with them, but we have had, not even ones that you know, but other family members who scheduled things for the whole family to go to on Sunday mornings. And now, is it, a, is it a sin not to go to church one Sunday? Well, no, we just went on vacation. Right. Didn't come. No, <laughs> it, it's not. But if you make it like a set thing, where you're like, well. Yes, so even us, we've had to say, 
we can't come, we're sorry, but it's during church. We're not going to go. Because, and you know, you have to, to make a decision every time. And it might not, that might not always be the case. But sometimes with things, if you do it one time, then they're going to say, oh, this is a good time. Everyone was able to come. We'll do it again that time. And then your, then your boundaries are, oh, we're okay to miss church. It's not our biggest, God's not our biggest priority. Okay, So it can be little things like that that can clue you into what you might be allowing to become more important than God. Okay, So that's that very good, Abby. That's a good um, way to relate it to our everyday now that we have. Okay, number four. There were a lot of verses about this, weren't there? Yeah. Why? This really gets into um, creation being made for us and how God made us. Why does it say, Why? what is the reason that God gives to have this day, or one of the reasons. Keep it holy. That's okay, that's one aspect of it, right? This part that it's God's day. That it's a day set aside to worship God. But um, what is the historical reference that he gives for it? Um, he said that in six days he made heaven and earth and the sea and then the rest of Okay, so it says even God rested on the seventh day. Yes, and we are made in God's image, right? So this is an example of how we are we are after God, and that He sets um, examples for us. And if you are to go jump ahead in your Bible to the Gospels and Jesus. What does Jesus say that's a very interesting thing that you could even pass over about the world being created? Who does he say created it? So there's only three, three possibilities, right? Okay. Okay, yeah. God the Son and the Holy Ghost, right? So, and we know, right, from our studies that that's the Trinity, that they're all one being, but yet they're separate personalities. But Jesus specifically mentions that he was there creating the earth, okay? So it's interesting to point out because Jesus becomes human eventually, So he also needed to rest. And we talked, well, well, was it two weeks ago, where we talked a little bit about Narnia and time. Are you talking about, like, when, I was just thinking about this, like, when you were saying that, when you were like, he was whatever, it's when Ezra says, like, you're like, how do you know it? Oh, well, yes, that's true, but I'm thinking more of when, if, if time doesn't matter to God, 
When did Jesus become human? Be careful. He never. He was just always human. Always because there was he. It was always thought. Yes. It was. It's either that or when Mary was pregnant. Because he can always be. But he says that he and and God and the Holy Spirit discussed it, and he chose to become human. Okay. So this is something that you're. We're never gonna get. We're not going to understand it. But it helps you to stretch your mind and think, well, was, was he human when he created the earth? Human and God, obviously, when he created the earth. Was he, I mean, he, he obviously we know he already knew that he was going to do that because he knows all things. So it stretches you a little bit, but it helps you to flesh out, well, pardon the pun, a little bit more of how we are made in God's image, right? Because if he already knew what that experience was going to be like as human, then he understands what he's doing when he creates us. So, that's one aspect of the day of rest, is that it's made for you. Because, have you ever met Maybe you haven't. Maybe, maybe you have. So have you ever met somebody who works all the time? Like they never, and I don't just mean like work, working on different things, but I mean like their job all the time. That's it. It's all they think about. It's all that they do nonstop. Like they pre- and they work like 80 hours a week. So there are people like that, that do that, and I'm more thinking, they're typically people that are in like management positions, or or you could go to like CEOs, or things like that, people who own their own business, and it's very common for people that just work, work, work nonstop to a lot of times have like mental breakdowns. Or where their bot, they start to have ailments, like physical ailments, because their body is telling them, you need to stop, you need a break, you need to rest. And that, it's just one of those things built into our DNA where we have to take some time to rest, to relax, to recuperate. And God is telling you, take one day out of seven to do that. And when you do that, lean on me to give you that rest to refresh you to rejuvenate you by going to church and to to spend to make sure that you spend time at least once a week with me okay um verse five what about verse five or not verse five sorry number five five. It is for everyone, you know. I haven't met anybody who doesn't find that one difficult. <laughs> is it? Is it always difficult? No. 
No. I hope not, right? Maybe for... Now, to be fair, there are probably people out there that it is always difficult and they, they have the farthest thing from what a father or a mother should be, okay? It's no one in this room. I can tell you that. But there are people out there that, that have that situation. But um, it's a tough thing because... For one, part of your parent is in you. And so you see the same things that you might not like about yourself in them, or you might rub each other the wrong way because you're the same way with things. Um, There's all sorts of reasons. But why do you think God would pick something so hard and built that into just the laws of nature and his way to have you act in the world. Why do that? Why does it matter to... I I put down respect because that says a little... we don't talk about honoring someone very often. We talk about in like ceremonies and stuff, right? But every day we're not talking about honor in our culture. But respect is something that we use more often of treating them well. And then the honor part is where it lifts it up like where it's even above you, which is a good, good way to describe it. <clears throat> Why should we do that with our parents? What do your parents do for you? Take care of you. Take care of you? Guide you. Teach you, guide you, okay. What else do they do? You might not feel this way all the time. They love you. They love you. Right? Okay. They love you. That's an important thing. Do you, I, I think we've talked about this before. Do you know that they've done studies? And this was, well, it really is a very evil study. I think they did it in, um, in Russia. It was either... Yes. Yes. And they died. Because you need love. You need physical, like, expression of love, too. If you don't have that, you might now, you're going to survive without it. But inside, you're, gonna, you're just going to become a hardened heart or a woefully depressed heart inside without love. And God did a special thing where he made it so then there's two people that are always going to love you. No matter what. Right? Your parents will. Like I said, it doesn't always feel that way. But, and then hopefully, if they're still alive, you have grandparents that, on top of that, are always going to love you. No matter what, right? And 
that is, of course, that's a picture of God, right? That's why he's called God the Father, because no matter what, he's going to love you. He's going to care for you, do the good things for you, okay? So we respect them for doing that because, and I don't even understand it to a, very, to a great extent yet, but because for them, that's not always an easy thing to do. Not what they have, they have to do things that they don't want to do. They have to sacrifice things, and it's hard for you to understand now, he, though I know you can. And that's why God said, part of why God says to respect them and to honor them for that. Um, okay, number six. This is an easy one, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. talking about uh, it's not talking about wondering what it would be like to be in battle and kill someone no, he's talking about okay or, or even wondering I don't I don't want to go that far but we think we think pretty bad things sometimes or think about bad things Right, that we might not even tell people that we thought about that thing. But it's more about the the desire, like Abby was saying, when you hate someone. Because even if you hate someone, you might not think about murdering them. But Jesus is saying, if you hate someone, if you despise them, and just test them that much that it's as though you have committed murder in your heart. Obviously, you haven't committed the physical act. I don't think the, that the idea is that if we could read your mind and we knew that you hated someone, that you should be tried for murder. That's not the idea. But it is, that is where, though, the root of that action would start. You, that's where that starts in your heart and then expels out into your actions. Um, so we all know that it's wrong. It's bad. It's one, it's one of the first recorded sins, right? Who was it? Cain. Cain, yes. And what, though, was Cain's, I would say, his first sin, though? Okay, that's good, but before even that, wasn't it like, was it about the sacrifices? That it is. Made? So it's more about like not respecting God pretty much, right? Yeah, he doesn't really. He's already just not really caring about God. He's not worshiping other gods. But he's not really taking it seriously or listening to what God has to say to him. And then when he sees that 
uh, Abel is getting his own stuff, that's where we come down to the envy, right? Like Abby mentioned, and we'll get to that. But you see how these things begin to get linked together, that where one thing you're not following the what God meant to be, that everything starts to get out of balance. Okay, so now let's look at, so we hit, then have adultery, right? Big word. What's, what do people usually jump to with that? Yeah, okay, that would be a modern thing, that a word, phrase or whatever you want to describe it, okay? Um, what's at the root of that? Okay, so, so sometimes it may just be a physical lust, like an urge. Okay, that's good. We're getting somewhere now. Because this is... I do would not expect you to have thought a whole lot about it because you're not in that kind of position. Okay, that can be part of it, right? That ties back down to number ten again. Oh, spite. Yep, that can be using it for a different purpose, but yes. Um, but what did you say before? Again, the first thing you said? No respect. Oh, no respect. Okay, that's good. Um, a lot of times, what leads to it is just a dissatisfaction within that relationship where they're not fulfilling each other. I don't mean just physically, but I mean emotionally, and they're not connected anymore. Okay, start to leave, live separate lives and things like that. So this is what you see, and this is more than the, that specific act that he called out as do not do this because that is really like a it's hard to go back from that. It's hard to fix that after it happens. And it affects more than just those two people. You're affecting another person outside. You're affecting if you have children. If there's other, you affect a lot of people and it causes just strife. So uh, let's move on. And how about number eight? This is another. Uh, Cut and dry one, right? Why shouldn't you steal? Because it's bad. Okay, good. So I, I had that one down as um, not respecting other people's things. What else is kind of like, if we think about, again, how God has set up the world and how you operate within it. What does he say will not happen if you don't eat? Or, shoot, if you don't work. 
Right. Have you all heard that? If you don't work, you won't eat. All right. That comes from Proverbs. What is stealing then? What are you trying to do with stealing? Yes. Yes. Skip steps there. That's good. You're you are trying to gain to gain without any effort or little effort. You're trying to cheat the system or enter a cheat code, right? And get some. How do you feel after you win in a video game with a cheat code? Well, personally, <laughs> um, it depends on. How long is it fun for? Okay, let's say it. You just you have all the power, and you can defeat anybody that, right that's away. Not even fun to begin with. <laughs> Some people find it fun at first, right? Yeah. But there's no like honor in it, is you there? Didn't work for any of it, so you're like, no, oh, I won. It leaves you empty, right? You're never. You can't. I mean, you could lie about it and brag about it, but it's it leaves you empty inside, right? There's a thing where God has set up where in, in the world that you feel purpose and value when what you do, that you get reward for it, or you bring something to the table that your effort brings value to other people and to yourself. Okay, number nine, lying. Um, why it, this should be should be a pretty quick one but why shouldn't you lie misleading, misleading other people why is that bad okay well they don't trust you right if they find out um, why is lying bad? If you tell one lie, usually a string of takes more. Any other lies? Okay. Nobody's ever gonna trust you. Okay. If no one can trust you, can you have a relationship with that person? No. Not a real one. Not a real one. What did we talk about with, um, we talked about that a little bit, about relationships that, and back here, because usually this, number seven, involves lying, right? Typically, it does. And that, it leaves people broken, it leaves people empty, and they don't have any connection to anyone. And it, it just, it destroys your inside. Okay. Don't linger on that too much. Uh, last one. We touched on this a little bit. Thou shalt not covet. And it specifically says covet what? Yeah. Anything that you see somebody else has. What does that do to you? Does it get you anything by coveting? Do you it ever? Makes you, makes you angry about your own life. Dissatisfied. Like the other 
okay. I, this is, um, has been attributed to a few people. I'm not really sure who actually said it, but envy is a poison that you drink. In that, um, in the sense that you really don't like, or you, you feel that whoever you're coveting doesn't deserve what they have. But you're not hurting them at all by coveting it, right? You, really, you are the one who, are, who is drinking that poison and is hurting you from the inside out. So that last one really doesn't have a whole lot to do with other people. It's all self-inflicted. All right, uh, we're going to turn to one last verse in Proverbs. <clears throat> and then I'll read you one. But Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. Does everyone have King James Version? What do you have, Audrey? Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. Whoever wants to read that when they get there. Okay, what do you think that means? The other version, there's some other versions that say that um, instead of... <clears throat> Heart, it says that um, that it will ex that you will through your words expose yourself. So the fool has no delight in understanding. Okay, good. And what's the second part mean? opposite that he looks to inside himself for who he is. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with just looking inside yourself to discover who you are? Because that's what the world says, right? It says follow your heart. You're biased. Okay. Let's go back, because we started t tonight at the very beginning of the world. What, what happened at the very beginning of the world? Before that. You said you were created. So that made you... Starts with P. Perfect. Okay. Then, as Abby said, we encountered... Well, Satan fueled the fire of uh, really, I mean, in the grand scheme of the word, lust, that the desire for something and to just want it right away, desire for knowledge and to be like God. So I say that because if you, now we are all born with sin. Okay. So if you look inside, for who you should be for your roadmap of how to get somewhere. What are you gonna? What's gonna be? 
wrong with it? Well, you don't know, or it's corrupted, right? It's got flaws in it. Um, the world says to follow your heart, but God says to follow me, and I will give you your heart's desire. Until you allow God to come in into your heart and clean it up, and allow him to start cleansing it and fixing it, then you'll just constantly be getting off track, be getting lost, be deceived if you just look to yourself, if you look to anyone else, for what's going to fulfill you, for who, for who you really are. You need God to correct that in your life. And... When you allow him to do that, he's going to foster healing. And then when he does that, he will, your true desires will come to light. He will start to correct how you think, the way you operate. He will make your conscience stronger. And the Holy Spirit will come in. And that will help your desires to be correct and then he can grant you those desires that they will be good um, the last thing I'm going to read to you is Micah chapter 6 verse 8 it's in the all the little um, prophets towards the back of the Bible and this is what Micah said he, ha he that is God hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? So we talked at the very beginning, right? We said, you're going on a trip, and you can't see the map. But here are the things you need. And Micah says, all that's required of you is to do justly and to love mercy and to walk with God. God says, here's the things that you need. And there's more things that you can pull out of that. But he specifically said, these ten things, start with that. If you respect God, you follow God, that sums up a whole bunch of things. But you do that, and you don't need to see the map. Because when you get to each spot along the way that I guide you to, you'll have exactly what you need when you get there to navigate it, to get over the obstacles. <clears throat> Do you know what Jesus summed all of these up in? He summed them all up into one rule. Or sorry, two rules. Love everyone and love God. Okay, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. And then you're close. Tell me more. He shortened it. 
You said love everyone else, but there's a key part. As you love thyself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's important because there's other religions that it's like, oh, it's the golden rule. But what they say is to just to love your neighbor or to love everyone the same. That Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the important part. Think about it. Could you take away one of those rules? Are you sure? Well, what do you do if you love God? You do what God says. Okay. And that's what God says. God said this. So I guess you could take away you could, that one. I mean, obviously you need to know it. Yeah. But if you're going to follow one thing that's your anthem, is to love God because when you love someone you listen to them you respect them and you want to do what they ask right okay